Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. ages, the sorceress of Grayskull has kept this universe in harmony. But the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. For to those that control Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be almighty. The power to be masters of the universe. So before we were recording, we um, we were kind of looking up some some He-Man stuff, and uh, I've got uh, I've got Pat on the phone. Hey, Pat. Hey. hey. Uh, I have Bo here with me. Woohoo! And then myself, John Reed. Um, so this is the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. We actually were talking just before we got started here about um, some of the old He-Man cartoons, and Bo, you had kind of come across a two thousand two remake, and I I've, I've seen a couple of episodes of that. I want to say maybe it was when we had a free trial of Hulu. Maybe it was on there. I think they had a cartoon channel um, that we kind of did some exploring of and I found some episodes of that. And I, that one was actually pretty cool because they did, went back and did like the first episode was more of an origin story of Skeletor. Um, which I think in that he starts off as a blue-skinned villain named something like Skeldor or something. And uh, he ends up, he's in a fight with uh, He-Man's father, King Randolph. And during that fight, he actually ends up getting his face burned off. And that's how he becomes uh, Skeletor. Yeah, so. it looks like they've got 39 episodes over two seasons. Okay, yeah. It's, it seemed pretty good. I mean, I'm, I intended to keep watching it, and then for some reason, didn't go back to it again. But you said they're all on YouTube? Yeah, I, well, I found season one at least on YouTube. I'm okay. still digging for season two, but that's not bad. Okay. So I don't know that we have any new movie news this time around. Did you guys have anything anything you noticed that came out lately? The new trailer for the uh, the next Kingsman was oh, okay. the thing I saw. Okay. And of course, you know, Guardians Two is all over you or uh, IMDb. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's coming out in what is it, like one more week. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I'm excited or anything. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Nope. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I got to see plenty of Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I went to C2E2 this last weekend. 
Our um, our very own famous I am uh, Mr. Reed famous was on. Now. Yeah, check that out. That's mm-hmm. the new movie news right there, man. What I should have been doing was I should have made some mention of the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. Yeah. I, I should have been wearing like a Thirty Something Podcast shirt. Hello. Or a, yeah. yeah. No love. I, that's odd. I totally totally failed. Just me self promoting my family and. And your your, your new celebrity daughter. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, Nora, who's totally convinced she's a celebrity now. Dad, I'm on the news. She is a celebrity. She is a celebrity. Well, she thinks she is. She's like, Dad, I'm, I'm on the news. All my friends are going to know that I was on the news. I said, kiddo, um, five-year-olds don't watch the 9 o'clock news. On WGN. As far as I know, on WGN. Although you were also on the 5 o'clock. Oh, we were on the 5 o'clock. Okay, well, well maybe. Because that's where I was informed of okay. your appearance. All right. So we showed up on there twice. And this time I got to say more than Buffalo Chicken. You did get to say more than Buffalo Chicken, which... You know, that's, that's, that's my tagline. We all need 30-something podcast shirts that we can just carry around, and if we're going to somehow be on television, we pull that shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think, you know, if a camera comes up, I'm going to rip off whatever shirt I've got on and put that one on instead. Yeah, just, I think that's the way to do it. Because that'll get people's attention. You know, camera comes up, yes. I... I Camera comes up, I tear my clothes off, and then I put on the 30 podcast clothes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out our podcast. Checking out yeah. something. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, we are a family-friendly podcast, so uh, I would say we're not going to tear our clothes off right now, but... You wouldn't know if It's a did, podcast. So. You wouldn't know, so... <laughs> and we're not, because we're, <laughs> we're recording inside of a school, Maybe so we're not. <laughs> Maybe the clothes tearing off has already happened. That's uh, possible. We don't know what you're doing. You're on the phone. So. Exactly. I'm a, yeah, there it is. And, near a forest preserve, of all things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I am. Yeah, if, I, if, I am. If you're going to run around naked, that's the best place to do it. That's what I hear. That's right. That's right. But right. I'm also sitting on holy ground, so not only am I you know, not going to be attacked by an immortal... I also probably shouldn't be running around naked. Okay, that's... All these things are true all at once. That's probably a good idea. Well, speaking of scantily clad, this time around we're talking about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, So uh, before we get into that, yeah, so we were talking about the 2002 remake that they did. I remember from back in the day that there had been... um, Was there one in like the early 90s? It was like a more futuristic looking He-Man? Because um, they had sold a whole bunch of toys. Hmm. We'll take a look and see. Uh, was, there, what, was there another show, or did they just try to like revamp the toys, like bring them back with new stuff? There was another show and another set of toys, but it was like this. It was like the New Adventures of He-Man. Because I remember I had oh, some I, of the. Do you remember that? I vaguely. I mean, that would have been right when I. Probably was like moving out of. Wow, John for the win. Ooh, did I get it right? The New Adventures of He Man, nineteen ninety. Oh, look at me! Wow. Because I remember having some of the toys. I remember going to a toy store one time, uh, of all places, Branson, Missouri, and uh, found a whole bunch of He Man New Adventures of He Man toys at this, um, you know, like I've got toy store somewhere and. I can find proof of one season, but okay. in typical it, IMDb fashion, it's one season of 65 episodes. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here, too. One season, 65 episodes. Which we know isn't true, so it was probably more like two seasons. 
Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I remember that because I remember they came out with some toys, and I remember they had the uh, they had the cartoon, and the idea was. Um, oh God. The idea was it was supposed to be set in more of like a futuristic. It was a little less fantasy, a little more futuristic. Oh dear. This, uh, the new adventures. This cover image is kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. It's a little. Pat, it, it, if you crossed He-Man with, say, what was the knockoff Transformers? Gobots? Yeah. yeah. Gobots. Cross He-Man with Gobots, and you kind of get the cover of this mm -hmm. first episode. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Let me see if those are on the YouTubes. Yeah, you have, I mean, it, I think it was kind of their excuse to... Yeah, it's marketing. And they right. Were, it was their yeah. excuse to do a whole new line of toys. How about that? Um, the New Adventures of He-Man on the YouTubes. Oh, okay. i got to look up that one, too. I'll have to go back and watch some of those. Gosh, I'm going to spend um, the next two weeks on YouTube. Yeah. So I think what they ended up doing was they took, they took He-Man and Skeletor, and I want to say for some reason, and I'm doing this all from memory, so it's not going to be right, um, He-Man and Skeletor somehow got, like, teleported, just the two of them. I don't know if they were in a battle or something, and they got teleported uh, to some other futuristic-looking planet. And so then the excuse was, well, we're going to start a new show, and we're going to keep the familiar characters of the hero and the villain, but beyond that, we're going to make totally brand-new characters because they are not on Eternia anymore. Like weird um, dude and, and so we can, Yeah, so then we can make a whole bunch of new toys and uh, make you buy them all. Hmm. Uh. Okay, I haven't watched any episodes. In fact, I wasn't even aware that this existed until about five minutes ago. Yeah. But I will say, kudos to them for actually like trying to write in the story for the reboot of He-Man, as opposed to just mm -hmm. doing a new He-Man and kind of changing the backstory. Yeah. So good, good for them for actually like maybe attempting to make it gel with the timeline. Yeah. So I mean, they, they were making a they were making an attempt. And I, I remember liking it as a kid, but... Yeah. Interesting. Um, so then the other one, yeah, the 2002 one that they did, um, that's the last one I remember them doing, trying yeah, to do a remake of it. Yeah, I haven't heard much of a reference. And the couple episodes I saw, He-Man, I mean, he kind of starts off, when he's Prince Adam, before he gets the sword and before you know he actually does the whole He-Man thing, he starts off as kind of a bratty teenager. And he's really kind of obnoxious, and then he gets the sword, and it, you know, it becomes more of a responsibility tale of, you know, yeah, I, I need to kind of grow up a little bit, and now I have this responsibility because I have this power. Um, you know, actually, you know what? That would make a great catchphrase. With great, great power, power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. I was just going to say, are we talking about, like, Thor, or are we talking about He-Man? Or Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I haven't I don't know what those other things are that you're talking about. I just made that one up. Yeah, right. An original John Reed Cause, thought. Because that's what I do now that I'm famous. I, now that I've been on TV, I, I do things like that. I make stuff up, and and it becomes a catchphrase. Oh, you make stuff up. Right. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bazinga. Oh God. <laughs> what? I I know. I should have seen that coming. I just I, made that up. Yeah. What's the, what's the problem? I should have seen that coming. I'm not going to talk to you guys anymore. It's embarrassing. Um, I didn't see that coming. Uh-huh. So, 
Did uh, did you guys did you guys ever watch? This is kind of a stupid question because I think I know the answer. Did you watch the old He-Man stuff, and did you have the He-Man toys growing up? Yes, and yes for me. Yes, I had some for sure. Okay. I remember having a ton of these things. Like I remember having this just huge bin of He-Man toys, and having like the. I like the the snake guy that when you push his head down he'd squirt water, and you had the skunk guy that smelled like a skunk. And uh, my mom's personal favorite was the uh, slime that you could get that would come with uh, Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain and all that other yep. stuff. Yes. Yeah. And battle damage, he man, where you'd flick him in the chest yeah. and it would turn into like the cracked armor and the uh -huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. Yeah. The, the 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 battle damage phase of toys yeah. was very cool. I, I always dug that. They had, I mean, uh, they had Star Wars battle damage toys, and they had, yeah, that was just cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember having a ton of that stuff, and I I want to say that I don't know that I ever actually got a Castle Grayskull as a kid. I always wanted one, mm -hmm. and I don't think I ever got a Castle Grayskull. I think maybe as I got a little bit Wasn't older. It like big and expensive. Oh, it was big and expensive. I had yeah, a friend who we lived. Never had one either. No, I had a friend who lived down the street who had a Castle Grayskull and a Snake Mountain. Exactly. So I think maybe as I got a little bit older, and it was like right on the edge of when it was not cool to play with toys anymore, which I would outgrow that a few years later mm. um, when I hit my twenties. That I think we got one at a garage sale, but it had like a whole bunch of pieces missing, and it was not a complete Castle Grayskull. But I think I finally got one as I got a little bit older. But yeah, that was that was the thing. I had a neighbor that had both Snake Mountain and Castle Grayskull and Battle Cat and uh, what was the name of Skeletor's? Was it Battle Cat? Was it Pan yeah. Panther? Was that Skeletor's? Something like that, but yeah. I... I think it was that the the purple one that was kind of fuzzy. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Battle Cat. I think I actually had, because of garage sales, I think I had three Battle Cats. Nice. Mm -hmm. And because we lived in Texas, sometimes we would get, uh, some stores would have like the uh, knockoffs from Mexico. I think I had like a black and yellow uh, Battle Cat. And a, right on. Yeah. All right. Well, so we're going to be talking about, uh, so th that's all the uh, 80s cartoon stuff, but we're going to be talking about the 1987, uh, would you call it a classic? We call it a cult classic. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't know if you can call something that flopped like that a classic. No, we'll call it a cult classic. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're going to be talking about the 19, 1987 cult classic, Masters of the Universe, um, which uh, which is also a canon film, and we've talked about that a few times here and there, and, and uh, there's a certain um, reputation, let's say, that comes with something being a canon film. Uh, so, uh, yeah, really quickly, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about, so if you have not seen this one, um, you may want to go see it first and then come on back and take a listen. Um, otherwise, you know, this one, I don't think this one's on Netflix anymore. It was for a while. Yeah, no, I found it, oddly <clears throat> enough, uh, through Comcast on MoviePlex, which is one of their weird free okay. movie things where I tracked it down because I may have had to watch it at some odd times and alternate okay. locations where I didn't necessarily have access to okay. our I, normal I, distribution methods. Okay. I, uh, I got my copy through Half Price Books, so I have a DVD copy at home. This is actually one of those movies that I do not own, and I really probably should. I realized that when I didn't own it, I was like, wait a minute. I, I don't own Masters of the Universe? Right. Why? Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. I sort of took a moment and said, all right, I'm going to have to mm -hmm. make that up. 
Do you next, all... next time I'm on Amazon ordering something else, yeah. throw that in the shopping well, cart just because you got to have it. Well, the last copy I had, I think we lived in England, and I had a British VHS version of it, which is not going to play on <laughs> any machine that exists anymore, anywhere. No, no. So uh, had to had to get a new copy. So now, Pat, you uh, before we get into like yeah. some of the introduction stuff of the movie, you didn't really watch this one as a kid. No, you know what? It's funny. I have I, the first time I saw this movie was about a year ago. The second time was a couple days ago for this uh, for this podcast. Okay. So I have to ask, what prompted you to watch it a year ago? Um, just being like, I haven't seen Masters of the Universe. Everyone talks about it. I know, you know, okay. the canon thing. I think I, I think I gotten educated through this podcast on the whole canon deal, sure. and you know. And I mean, I, I don't want to preempt, but my, I never saw it as a kid because honestly, I, I never even asked my parents to see it because I saw the trailers and it was like, that's not He-Man. That looks like sci-fi. That looks like lasers and guns. And they're fly- I remember them flying on the surfboards and thinking, that's that's not He-Man. He-Man, that, that looks weird. Like what, you know, and I, I just remember being kind of like, they're going in a different direction. And I mean, what would I have been? I oh, guess man, I would have been 87, so I would have been 9, and I was just like, yeah, I was just like, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to see this, this looks weird, and then I never saw, you know, and then I grew out of it, and so a year ago, I'm like, yeah, I should, I should check it out, so, yeah, I am a recent convert to this, uh, to this movie. Whereas for me, I was 7 at the time, and when I heard there was a He-Man mm-hmm. movie coming out, I, I think I might have lost it just a little bit. And uh, okay. I, I think I kind of went the other way with it. I remember seeing the trailer. Um, maybe I was at the at the theater for something else, or maybe it showed up on TV. And I remember, I remember at one point, maybe not the first time I saw the trailer, but I remember thinking as a kid, it was like, this looks like, this looks kind of like Star Wars, like with the stormtrooper kind of guys, and and it's supposed to be He Man. And now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like a, a Conan Star Wars mashup type yeah. thing. Uh, right. with a character named He-Man, who happens to be at the lead of it. Um, so I think, you know, I think as a kid I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, it's a He-Man movie, and there's black stormtroopers in it. Yeah, okay, I, I, I'm in. Oh, I was in from the beginning. Cool. It's interesting when you learn why they did the stormtrooper-type robot mm-hmm. things. It's because they didn't want He-Man to actually ever kill anyone. Right. Because the toy maker said no. Right. <laughs> Can't kill anybody. This is a cartoon. Can't kill anybody. Right. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our uh, get into kind of our introduction of this whole thing, and then we'll get to talking about a uh, little bit about the movie and, and kind of what we liked about it and all that. Uh, so this one is called Masters of the Universe. It was released August seventh, nineteen eighty seven. Rated PG. Director was Gary Goddard, and he did. He actually didn't do any other movies. He did some TV shows. And did a lot of short films that were used as uh, like theme park rides. Uh, so he did Jurassic Park, the ride, and he did several short films. Uh, he was also the creator of Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, and Skeleton Warriors. Did you guys ever watch Captain Power? Not religiously, but okay. I did a little bit. I think my brother watched it more than I did. Okay. Did you, Pat? Did you ever watch Captain Power? I think I checked out a couple of them, but now I'm, I'm thinking the back of all the Captain cartoons, and I'm like, I might get them all confused. So, again, I'll, I'll hit YouTube, and then, you know, I'll, I'll report back on the next episode and say, yes, I know what I'm talking about, but I remember Captain Power. Okay, this I is not... I watched 
but okay. No, this is this is it's not the one where the five hippie kids have the rings and they share their feelings and they get a you know the guy grows out of their powers. That's a different captain. Oh yeah, what was that? That's Captain Planet. That's Captain Planet. Yeah. And then there was Captain N, which was the Nintendo sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'll get back to you guys. And then there's, oh, then there's, then there's Captain, yes. Captain Kangaroo. And... Captain Power. Uh-huh. And this the is the Soldiers one, of the Future. This is the one where you could shoot at the yeah. TV. <laughs> yes. yes. I remember yes. this I now. Yes, and you you had to buy the, okay, I'm remembering that and you you had to you bought something to shoot at the TV, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, you bought the ships and they had like little laser things and you put it oh on top of the TV my and God. Yeah, I oh I love that. Yeah. I I never had any of the ships. I never like the I don't know if we couldn't afford them or what it was, but I never had any of the ships, but I had all of the little action figures. Oh, we definitely yeah. had some action figures. And actually I still do. Oh, we had some of the yeah, we had some of this nonsense. That, yeah. Oh my and what, God! Wasn't that the one where they would pop the commercials up and it would look like someone was like breaking into your broadcast and saying, "We need your help! We need your help!" The next time we appear, you know, get your ship and shoot it at the screen to yeah. destroy the whoever the bag. Was that Sounds camera power? Right. Yeah, I think so. Oh man, I remember seeing those commercials and being like, "Oh my gosh, there's someone talking to me through the TV." I got—I don't know what's going on, but I got to get to you know. Right. I got to do what he says. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Actually, I still have some of those guys. I think I, I don't remember any of their names. I have Captain Power, I, whatever the villain was. He was like the like a half cyborg, half like black suit kind of guy. Um, I don't remember what his name was, but I had I have Captain Power. I have that other guy, and I have there's a silver armored guy too. I don't remember what his name um, was, but yeah, I still have some of those. My God, I am are we, are watching you, the intro you, to you, this. Is your mind being blown right Holy now? Holy crap! <laughs> on a stick, I, gotta, I am calling my brother the minute I leave here. He is, dude. I'm calling. I'm calling in for a personal day tomorrow. I'm gonna watch all G-Man and I'm gonna watch all Captain Power. That is a wonderful idea. Let's all do that. Oh my God, it's so funny! Like I can't tell you how many times, like when we sit here and talk about these movies, that it triggers like a memory of my youth. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to get my brother to show up for one of these. This would have been perfect, but he's got to work. Yeah. But yeah, I remember the Captain Power stuff. I didn't oh. realize that it was the same guy that directed <laughs> Masters of the Universe. But that that brings together a whole bunch of my childhood. Yeah. How about it? So, uh, all right, so the producers on this one were Menachem Golan, who died in 2014. God bless um, you. Thank you. And uh, Yoram Globus, who also did, they were the team of Golan and Globus, who bought out Canon Films and did all those uh, maybe amazing Canon movies. Some of them kind of fun, you know. Delta Force and Cobra and uh over the top and superman 4 and you know some of them some of them are a little more cheesy but but fun uh so they did like blood sport superman 4 over the top cobra um writers on this one were david odell who wrote for the muppet show the dark crystal and supergirl uh stephen tolkien was an uncredited writer on this one and he wrote the captain america movie from 1990 uh the one with the plastic ears on the costume uh he wrote the tv show summerland and tv show legend of the seeker and then Gary Goddard was also an uncredited writer on this one. He also wrote for Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, uh, Skeleton Warriors, and the uh, movie for the ride T2 3D Battle Across Time. Uh, music for this one was done by Bill Conti, who did the Rocky movies, except Rocky IV, 
did the Karate Kid movies, FX, and American Gladiators, the TV show, the original TV show. Budget for this one was $22 million, um, and the box office was $17.3 million. So they did not make their money back on this one. It was a gigantic flop. And ultimately, this was probably one of the movies this and Superman 4 and maybe a couple of others were the reasons that Canon Films ended up dying uh, pretty quickly after 1987. Uh, so Dolph Lundgren played He-Man. He was also in Rocky IV, Universal Soldier, and The Expendables. Frank Langella played Skeletor. He was in The Ninth Gate, Superman Returns, Frost Nixon, and Robot and Frank. Meg Foster played Evelyn. Uh, she was in The Emerald Forest, They Live, and The Lords of Salem. i got to go watch They Live again. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I'm here to chew bubblegum. Uh, Billy Barty, who died in 2000, played Gwildor, uh, or the Orko replacement, if you want to refer to him as that. Uh, he was in Legend, Willow, The Rescuers Down Under. Courtney Cox played Julie Winston. She was in Ace Ventura, Friends, Scream, and Cougar Town. Before, any, before we rewatched this, did anyone mm-hmm. remember that this was Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did not. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I saw the credits rolling, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what the... Hmm. Oh, yeah. The first time I ever saw Friends, I was like, that's the girl from He-Man. Oh, so and then, you're better at this game than I am. Well, then, and then the first time I ever saw Star Trek Voyager, I'm like, that's the guy from He-Man. Well, which is even funnier, because yeah. Robert Dun- like the only Duncan McNeil, been... well, he was also <laughs> he was, yeah. in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes, as like but, an ensign or something. Yeah, he was, he was in the Academy, and there's a really funny story that, of course, as I'm about to say, there's a really funny story. I don't remember the funny story. Yeah. There's it's actually a reason... Why they had to change... Because they were originally planning on it being the same character. Oh, okay. But there's a reason they had to change his character's name for Voyager, and I will eventually remember what it okay. is. As soon as you remember it, you can let us know. I will. Okay. Great story, um, I know. Hey, that's, you know, Thanks. best story I've ever heard so far today. Uh, Robert Duncan yeah, McNeil, no, no, Kevin Corgan. rough day. <laughs> yeah. Um, played Kevin Corrigan. He was in Star Trek Voyager, also an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, and was in uh, several kind of individual TV episodes. Here and there. John Cipher played Duncan, Man at Arms. He was in Hill Street Blues, Santa Barbara, and Major Dad. Chelsea Field played Tila. Uh, she was in Commando, The Last Boy Scout, and Andre. James Tolkien played Detective Lubick. Nobody takes pot shots at Lubick, my friends. Uh, he was in the Back to the Future movies and Top Gun. Um, bunch of slackers. Slackers all Slacker, McFly. You're a slacker, He-Man. Um, Christina Pickles, played, which is just a fun name. Yeah. Um, Christina Pickles played the sorceress of Skull. She was in Legends of the Fall, Saint Elsewhere, The Wedding Singer, Romeo and Juliet, and, here's a little bit of trivia for you, in Friends, she played Monica's mom. No so way! The sorceress, the sorceress of Skull, a few years later, played Julie's mom in Friends. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tony Carroll, who died in 1992, played Beast Man. He was in Hercules in New York, the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger film. <laughs> I don't think you can call that one a classic either. Um, <clears throat> unless you take out the first two and the last two letters of the word classic. Uh, Pons Marr played Saurad. He was in Return to Oz as one of the head wheelers. Wait, did uh, you say Neil before Zod? What? Yes, Neil before Zod. Zod was in this movie too. <clears throat> Canon Films just got everybody they could possibly anyone. get. Terrence Stamp was standing in the background somewhere. There you go. Uh, Return to Oz, he was one of the wheelers. Um, he was in The Golden Child, the 1988 remake of The Blob, and he was the mother in the Dinosaurs TV show. Not the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. 
Uh, Anthony DeLongis, we actually just talked about him because he was in the Chipmunk Adventure as one of the voice actors. He played Blade. He was in the Chipmunk Adventure, General Hospital, and Fearless. Uh, Robert Towers played Karg. He was in the Dr. Doolittle TV series, Kid Video. Anybody remember Kid Video? Oh. <laughs> we're just, we're bringing back all of Bo's childhood. Just blowing my mind right now. Uh, he was also in Hot to Trot, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, I'll give you a moment to look up whatever you're going to look up with Kid Video, and then you can... Good God. <laughs> he'll, let you, he'll let you take a minute here. So, actually, Pat, Pat, how are you doing? I'm actually not finding anything, which is interesting. It's K-I-D-D. Two Ds. Yeah, but still. I'm, I'm enjoying, and uh, I'm just, I'm just, just making a list of all the things that I've got to go on the Google and look up when we're done with this podcast. Oh, wow. Well, see, the fun thing is, and and this is the time of the year, like C2E2, I, w- I was at this last weekend, and one of the things that I love to go do there is find all of the little booths or tables that have the old, I say old, um, we'll call it retro because it's not that old. Uh, I guess it's older it is than old. we Never mind. To be. Never mind. It's old. Um, the uh, like the eighties, seventies, and eighties toys. And there's right. this there's this one vendor in particular, and he has just got he's got He Man toys, he's got Star Wars, he has the the Visionaries toys. Uh, he's got the what were those other things? Little the battle Visionaries, battle beasts, that. or the battle yes. beasts of the little animals that had the hologram in their chest. Uh-huh. And, yeah, he had uh, Muscle Men. I almost bought a package of Muscle Men. Um, so I mean, I just I love going around and looking at like these different stands and like all the old stuff. And I always I keep wanting to buy things, but I keep telling myself if I'm gonna do this, then I need to do this as a collection. I'm not just gonna buy like one or two things here right. or there. I need you to like, like decide on what I want to do. And there is a YouTube channel that I should not know exists. Okay, it is called Give Me My Eighties Cartoons. I think I've heard of that one. The top video, like their intro video. Yeah. For their channel mm-hmm. is the mask intro. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Pat, are you taking a personal day tomorrow? I I just logged it in. Okay, I I think I might too. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I think we're all coming down with I'm not, podcasts. Uh, not feeling so good. I'm not. Uh, you got sick from you know Pat. Maybe on the we podcast. should just maybe we should just put in for a release day. And just all go into your room and, and just watch all this stuff together. That's fine. I've, I've got the I got a flat panel TV in here. We can do that. This is yeah. I think that's what town. Mm. There's not. We might just have to cancel the podcast for a few weeks. Do you think Dennis would be okay with canceling some kind of wonderful? <laughs> I think he would. <laughs> I, you, he's been excited about that movie for the last I don't know how many years. So that's he true. might have a few problems with okay. that. Okay, that's kind of like his Batman. You know how you've been excited for Batman right. since like two years ago. Wow. And, and right. still right. Right. We still have, still have two more years left to go. Okay, i got to do this, otherwise I'm <laughs> never going to focus on this movie. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so would you, I'm, I'm sure we're going to interrupt this even more with a whole bunch of other 80s stuff. But uh, Oh, the one thing I did find at C2E2 mm. is uh, they had this one vendor that had a whole bunch of old trading cards. I bought, they were a dollar a piece, I bought a whole bunch of packs of the Rocketeer trading cards. <laughs> Which actually is that's the costume I'm going to go to as next year. I'm going to I'm going to do the Rocketeer. Nice. Of course, then Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Of course, every time I say that, he's like the Rocket Who. I'm the like Rocket the Rockets. I'm going to go dress as the Rockets. No legs, please. 
Hey, oh yeah, legs kids, all the way. What were your kids dressed as? Because the image on the TV did it no justice. Oh, they were. Nora was. I was a Jedi. Nora was R two D two. Okay, and, that's what I thought, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Nora was R two D two, and John was Chewbacca, and then okay. Sharon was Han Solo. Okay, we were okay. So and, we were and, right about most of it. And Sharon's mom was a Star Trek. Uh, she was the. She had a phaser, a toy phaser, uh, Velcroed to her cane Got that it. she walks with, and so she said she was a senior officer. I like that. That's yeah. good. And okay. it was funny because then it was the whenever it was, it was because she was in oh, profile, she was kind of off a little it bit. It didn't yeah. really play right to the camera, and we were talking about it today. And I'm like, I think. Oh yeah, I, I'll show you a picture of it. She's yeah. it was pretty cool. Right on. Um, but yeah, it was funny because then when people were like, "Oh, your whole family is Star Wars. Let's take a picture." Then like Sharon's mom tried to step off to the side, and they're like, "No, no, no, you can get in too." And she's like, "But I'm Star Trek." They're like, "We don't care. Star Trek, Star Wars, this is, whatever." This is C two E two. We're all yeah. we're all all, all uh, the geeks have fun. Everybody's friendly. Yeah, in this shot, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really. Yeah, it's yeah. hard for us to decide. I'll, sh- I'll send you another picture there. of it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very cool. But uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, there, there's just, and that's one of the things I love going to that for is is like uh, that one vendor had trading cards from Return of the Jedi, and like original unopened Return of the Jedi cards. He had Gremlins yeah, cards, Ghostbusters cards. He had. The, I almost was gonna buy. Um, the Ninja Turtle cartoon cards from the original cartoon. Oh, dude. Because as a kid, I think I almost had a complete set of those as a kid. Wow. That and the Batman 1989 movie trading cards, I think oh, I almost yeah. had a complete set of Batman and Ninja Turtles, and I'm standing there looking at them like, to really want to pay $4 per pack right. for these cards and 30-some-year-old bubble gum that's inside. Not really. <laughs> The most what I find of it is amazing. What I find amazing is, is like how people find those cards. Like not oh, just yeah. collect ones that are, but like find. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and stock up on enough that they can sell them. I, I find that pretty amazing. Right, and they still that they still have some that are unopened. Right. I'm like, how in the world? Like who? Is, yeah. It's Star Wars cards. How did somebody not buy all these up? And well, I, I tell you why. Because some of the cards were like eight dollars a pack, and so I, I'm not. <laughs> I, as much as I enjoy these, I'm not spending $8 a pack for trading cards. That, no. No. Not going to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Um, so I'm, I'm sure we will backtrack all kinds of different ways throughout this whole conversation. But um, So Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, we'll just say Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. And uh, critics gave this one a 17%. And uh, audience gave this one a 40%. I'm, so, still, I'm disappointed in the audience on that one. I am too. I, I mean, I kind of sometimes I expect the low score from the critics right. on occasion, depending on the movie. Um, I'm a little surprised in the audience score. I don't know if maybe that's a modern audience that is watching it for the first time and yeah, and saying, I've never eh. quite gotten the uh, the drill down on the metric for audience when rot- with Rotten Tomatoes. Because yeah. in 1987, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't surveying audiences. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm thinking those old pictures of Venn diagrams. You remember how there were Venn diagrams? Yeah. And there was so much overlap. And then there were two things that were just, they just termed them mutually exclusive. I feel that the cult around Masters of the Universe and anybody associated with Rotten Tomatoes, in this case, would just be mutually exclusive. So yeah. I really think at that point, the Rotten Tomatoes score just becomes irrelevant. Yeah. I agree with that. That makes sense. Much like resistance to the board, it's just it's, it's, it's futile. It's futile. Exactly. All right. So variety, I I couldn't actually find anything from Siskel and Ebert, so they might have just given this one a pass. Um, mm-hmm. Variety, variety called this. So variety had the same idea I did. 
Uh, Variety called this one a Conan Star Wars hybrid ripoff that is a colossal bore. Uh, Walter Goodman of the New York Times wrote, If you like the toy, you'll love the movie. Michael Wilmington of the Los Angeles Times called it a misfiring, underdone epic. Uh, Joanna Johanna Steinmetz of the Chicago Tribune wrote that the film, while predictable and derivative, entertains audiences through its side plots set on Earth. Eh, what does Steinmetz so, know? Yeah, they don't know anything. And some of them might even be dead by now. Who knows? So, so there. Uh, Cinema Score apparently did not ask anybody whether they like this one or not, because it doesn't show up on Cinema Score. The only award I found for this one is that Billy Barty was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actor, uh, lost out to the kid from Over the Top. Uh, summary for this one, Julie and her boyfriend Kevin are spending their last few hours together before Julie plans to move far away from her childhood home, unable to cope with the death of her parents. On a visit to the cemetery, they find a strange device that lights up and plays music. Little do they know that it's a cosmic key that holds the only hope left for saving Eternia, as long as He-Man and his friends find it before Skeletor does. Hey, we'll listen to the trailer. We'll be back in just a second. Trailer. Trailer. This is the trailer song. This is going to get edited out, so it won't You're last long. You're a disturbing man. I am. But that's the trailer song. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and brought to me! Across the face. Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No. Somebody help me! distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. So the original script of this one uh, opened with maybe some more familiar elements of Eternia. Uh, they were planning on showing some vehicles that we would have recognized from the toy line um, and the cartoons. Um, in the original script, He-Man reveals that his mother was a human from Earth's future. I guess when they end up back on Eternia uh, later on and Julie and Kevin are with them, they are traveling through Eternia and I guess you actually get to see Snake Mountain. And when they get to Castle Grayskull... I think they are at some point in the tunnels under Castle Grayskull, and He-Man opens up some room, and it has a, a box or a case in it um, that where he reveals that He-Man's mother was actually a human astronaut from Earth uh, in the future, and that she was traveling in space, and she landed on Eternia and stayed there, and married He-Man's father and had a child, and that's who He-Man became. 
uh, and I guess in there they, you know, they show a star chart with a NASA insignia on it, and they pull out an American flag, and all that stuff is is kind of hidden down oh, there. Thank God they, so they didn't would've... do that. Well, you know, I, I feel like it's a canon film, so you got to have an American flag somewhere. Oh, for Christ's sake! And even even on Eternia, you could have an American flag. Yeah. Um, they also uh. apparently intended to include the character of She-Ra, but they decided that they were going to just focus on He-Man. Um, Gwildor was a replacement for Orko. I, I don't know if maybe the whole special effects of having a floating person uh, maybe were going to be too much, so they just decided to go with a little person in some makeup. Um, okay. And, and how did Warwick Davis get screwed out of this role? I don't I mean, know. Really? He, he would have been perfect for it. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, and then uh, so I think that's about all I've got in terms of like the, the background for this one. Um, some of the things that I think are kind of interesting about this movie are how so much of it is really not like any of the He-Man cartoon at all. Is that it's, and, and I think that, and Pat, you kind of said it when you were talking about why you maybe didn't see it as a kid, was you looked at it and you're like, that's not He-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I mean, as a kid, as a kid I knew it was different, but I don't know that that bothered me. I think I think I went into it thinking, oh, this is a new way of showing He-Man. And I, I mean, I think, I remember just being ridiculously excited that, I mean, this was, I almost feel like this time of the late 80s is kind of like how I feel now with movies. Like now, I've got five superhero movies a year plus a Star Wars movie every year. I mean, I'm going to be a child forever. The late 80s, I think, were kind of that way, too, where I'm like, I had, you know, we had Back to the Future. I had He-Man. I had Ninja Turtles. I had, like, all the stuff I, Batman came out. I had all the stuff that I really, really loved, and they were all coming out within, like, this, you know, two to three year time frame. So, I think as a kid, even if this had, even if this was a bad movie... I think as a kid, I didn't care because it was like they were taking a character that I loved and I was finally getting to see them do a movie with real people. And I think that's, I think that's kind of like, it's the same kind of feeling I have about movies now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as a kid, you kind of let, like, let a lot of the stuff go. I mean, my son Dominic loves Angry Birds the movie. When you look Mm -hmm. at Angry Birds the movie, it's kind of like, okay, well, okay. But when you look at it from the perspective of, you know, uh, 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 how old is he again? Oh, yeah, seven. When you look at it from the perspective of a seven-year-old, it's, oh, yeah, that thing could be pretty exciting. You know, there's flashing and things flying all around, you know, and noises and birds making funny faces and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of, it is what it is. Well, and one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting, too, is how they they dropped, they didn't even have the name He-Man. In the movie. like mm-hmm. they, I mean, they referred to him as He-Man, but it was, instead of being He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, it was just Masters of the Universe. And really, when you kind of think about it, for a good portion of the movie, He-Man's not even really doing much. Mm. Like, you kind of take He-Man out of his element. You know, as a kid, you had you had the whole Prince Adam thing. Uh, you know, it was kind of the whole Clark Kent Superman deal. Um and in the cartoon, that was always kind of the fun thing, was you had Prince Adam that was the normal person, even though he was somehow still mysteriously built exactly like He-Man was. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And all he had to do was take out the magic sword and his clothes fell off. Um, but in the, <laughs> That might have been said the wrong way, but, <clears throat> you know. 
takes out his sword, he says right, some stuff, can... and you know, lights flash, and his clothes are gone. Um, but I, I mean, I thought that was that was the one thing watching this as an adult that I kept thinking about was there's really not a whole lot of He-Man in this movie. Like a good right. portion of the movie deals with the human characters, and I don't know if that had to do with you know the the budget that they were working with, or if that had to do with the uh, you know maybe because of the budget they that's why they chose to do more of the adventure on Earth, and that's why you had the Earth characters. And I mean, to me that that seems like if you had episodes of the Super Friends and it focused more on Gleek and the Wonder mm-hmm. Twins rather than Superman, Aquaman, Aquaman, uh, Batman, and all those other characters. I mean, those even as a kid, those episodes, I was like, all right, this is great, and, and Gleek's a funny purple monkey, but um, I, I, want, I want more Superman. Yeah. So I kind of feel, I mean, as an adult, I feel I that wonder, way about this movie. I wonder if it had anything to do with Dolph Lundgren. I did read somewhere where they were originally planning to dub all of his lines. Okay. After the fact, because, well, his accent and right. his limited command of English language at the time. Right. But because it was so under the gun to be finished and so um, out of time, they just kept it. Because I guess in his contract, he had the first, ch- like, he got to overdub his lines himself three times before they could kick his voice off the movie. So they didn't want to waste time having him do it three times and still saying they hated it to get someone to do it. Yeah. So they just kept it. I wonder if that has anything to do with him being in it less and saying less because they knew they were going to have to redo it all anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, part, of this, I, part of this movie, and, and you don't get to see... Part of the cartoon, I mean, the fun part of that was you're on Eternia, and you get to see, like, all these crazy locations and all these creatures well, yeah, the and all first, those other... The first five minutes is just stunning. Yeah. Great exteriors, even once they get inside the castle. Right. Got, well, I mean, and, and you so see cool. that, I mean, you don't... I guess most of what you see there, too, is, like, all this rocky terrain. And, you know, watching in the cartoon, it was, you know, you had, like, these... You know, you had volcanoes, and you had forests, and you had... A, I'm thinking of, like, when they show the different planets in uh, in Star Wars, in particular in, like, Revenge of the Sith, when they're going to, like, all the Jedi being killed, and they go to the different crazy planets with all the different locales. And I, I look at that, and I think, to me, in the cartoon, it, that planet of Eternia was supposed to be all of those things. Like, you could go to Eternia, and there was a desert, and there were mm-hmm. mountains, and there were volcanoes, and there was tropical, and there was swamp, and there was all kinds of stuff. Um, with all these magical creatures, and then you get to this movie, and it's like they're out in Arizona somewhere, like filming in the rocky in, in the rocky terrain of Arizona. It's like, oh, so Eternia's just a bunch of rocks. Okay, I, I get that, I get that there's a war going on, and, and maybe it's trashed some of it, but um, you know, I think that I think that probably came down to some of the budget stuff too, and. It's like, you know, that's part of the allure of the cartoon was it had all these fantastical places and creatures and other things. Um, and the story of the whole idea of Prince Adam, uh, you know, always having to, like, sneak away. Like, again, it was like the Clark Kent thing. If you got to sneak away to turn mm-hmm. into He-Man? And, you know, some of that stuff that, that really you just loved as a kid, 
that's what was missing from this okay. movie. And I, I say all that to say I still love this movie. It's still, I mean, I, I will watch this movie at the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. But there are definitely some things that I look at it and I go, you know what, if they were to make that today, like, I would love <clears> it if they would incorporate some more of the cartoon stuff. And maybe that's why it didn't do well. Like maybe parents saw this and they're like, nah, it's not the same as the cartoon. I'm, I, we're not going to see that. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, for me, those are the places where it kind of falls short. Skeletor is amazing. Like that's yeah, he's a great villain. So they they didn't lose anything there. I mean, He Man's you know a bit of a you know a giant lug, but um, hey. Yeah. Hey, you're about yeah, I must hey, I must I, break I, Skeletor. I, I hate this. Oh, I hate to say it. I was just I'm, I'm cutting across you, and I'm sorry, but I actually have to take my leave of the podcast. Yeah, but worry. honestly. I, and so sorry I got to cut out early. I really look forward to hearing you guys discuss this because you're going to have that perspective as a kid, but uh, as being kids. But honestly, John, what you just said, like, totally sums up my feelings. Like, the first time I saw this movie, and I'm like, what is this? And then the second time I saw it, what you just said, like, totally encapsulates my feelings with the movie. It's like, this doesn't look like He-Man. This, that's what I remember as being a kid, and that's kind of what was missing and it's still a fun movie but it's like they replaced this magical mystical land all the exotica that was in the cartoon they replaced it with kind of cheesy adventure with teenagers in like you know they soup up an old car and there's laser beams Mm -hmm. and that it just it kind of lacks so um anyways i'm sorry i've got to take my leave with you guys but i'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of your thoughts as you uh deconstruct masters of the universe you guys have a you guys have a great night, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll see you later. All right, guys, thanks so much. You guys take it easy. All right, bye. Bye. Bye now. The movie that does for its planet what I wish this movie had done for Eternia is Man of Steel. Oh, At okay. the beginning of Man of Steel, when you yeah. show Krypton, it's got like these flying lion creatures mm-hmm. and all that. Like that's the kind of thing that if you were going to do Eternia and like show what it what I felt like it looked like in the original cartoon. It would look like that. Well, and it sounds like they were planning on it. All yeah. that stuff you read about like them the vehicles, see, the, yeah. seeing uh, Snake Mountain mm-hmm. and 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 learning more about He-Man. It sounds like that was all planned, yeah. but I think it was a uh, casualty mm-hmm. uh, of the budget, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because they did. They spent so much time in... Anytime they were on Eternia, they spent most of the time in Castle Grayskull, but... Yeah. I just the, I loved the couple of shots you did see were really cool. And I think if they'd had that budget to continue, it could have been a stunning movie. Yeah. I also am glad they cut some of that stuff out, though, because I'm not sure I wanted it to be two hours. Yeah. I think part of what makes it so approachable for us, even 30 years later, is that you know you're not committing to an epic. What, what was it? A hundred and... Well, two 50-minute sittings for me, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice L- little over, A little over an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think the other problem with longer movies is some of the deficiencies are more uh, blatant. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, Dolph Lundgren gets a little old. Yeah. I think in the, in the short time span you're allowed him works although you could watch Frank Langella for hours and oh yeah different. I mean he's amazing well and I don't know I mean I just I think this is one of those cases where 
they wanted to go with a guy that they thought looked like He-Man, but they picked Dolph Lundgren, who's not exactly a leading man. Right. So, you know, and I, I, I heard some rumors here and there, I read somewhere, that they originally tried to get, they were always trying to get um, uh, Sylvester Stallone to play everything. And apparently one of the things I heard was they tried to get he, him to play He-Man. Not tall enough. No. Not by a long <laughs> shot, but... I'm, I'm assuming they were just like, well, we got him for Over the Top and Cobra. Let's see if we can get him for, yeah. you know, we'll put a yeah. blonde wig on him and see what we can do for, for He-Man. Yeah. Um, Shape-wise, Dolph was perfect. Yeah. It's just yeah. the rest of it. So I, I've kind of wondered that, like, if they were to remake this today, who would you put in there? Would you do, is is uh, Chris Hemsworth too close since he's been Thor? Is I that he's perfect. We do him as He-Man. I mean, if you do, if if you're thinking of it just as who is the perfect person, regardless of anything else, mm-hmm. I think it's Chris Hemsworth. Okay. If you think because of Thor, he shouldn't also be He-Man. Wow. I I did ask this question on Twitter, and the response I got I was a funny one, but go ahead. John Cena. And the other response was uh, the other one was. Channing Tatum. Oh, Channing Tatum's not bad. Yeah. I was going to say, Disney's got to make it, and it's got to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what? <laughs> it's got to be, right? I would watch the crap out of that. <laughs> so would I. I'm embarrassed. Because. But I so would. And then you've got to get Vin heard... Diesel to play Skeletor. Oh, man. <laughs> Because that would be good. I would want... Yeah, that I, would be mm, fucking amazing. I, I would, oh, okay. All right. Never mind any of my picks that I would have done. I do, that's, I'm done. I'm done. Would you put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a blonde wig? That is the tough one. Do you do you force him into the He-Man stereotype, mm-hmm. or do you attempt to adapt yeah. the He-Man to him? Because a blonde I think, I think wig would be a the He-Man tough to sell on that man. Yeah. But God, would he be perfect. Otherwise. Because, because every time I see him involved with some kind of a remake, like isn't he in the remake for Jumanji? Yeah. Yeah, he's in the I remake know. for Jumanji. He's in the remake for Baywatch. This is what I'm saying. He's in. By the, the way, that Baywatch and, stuff looks funny. Well, and I think every time he's involved with one of these remakes, just like the whole attitude he brings to this is like a yeah, it's gonna be a great movie. I'm also going to have a lot of fun with it. Right. And like, Here we go. And like, I kind of feel like if you're going to you make... Could you see him like picking up the sword and looking at Skeletor with one of his old wrestling <clears> looks? <throat> yeah. I can't even do it, but you know, with that eye thing he used to do. <laughs> Can you smell oh. what the man is cooking? That's what I'm saying. Right there. That's what I'm talking about. By the power... <laughs> oh, God, I love this. Someone Hold on. Write stand, to Disney. Stand, stand back a little bit. Hold make on. Make it happen. By the power... There you go. Make it happen, Disney. Done. Oh, oh, man. God. That's, that's perfect. Okay, so yes. Dwayne, if you're listening. Do that. Stop mowing your lawn for a second. We've got a proposition for you that's amazing. Call Vin. Get him together. And, and you guys, like, once once he's done with the whole press tour for Guardians 2, like, just you guys get together. you got to make He-Man and the yes. Masters of the Universe. And Dolph Lundgren can and you know what? do make a it cameo as, make it as, as campy as you want to. Dolph King Lundgren Randor. cameos as either King Randor or Blade. Oh, do that. Yeah, that's it. You do that. I like it. I think he'd be he'd be a good King Randor. Give him a little beard and sure. Yeah. Heck yeah. Do that. 
Oh, man. This is awesome. <laughs> now I just want to go write that movie. It, but please, oh. no, no Cosmic Key. No, come on. I actually, the Cosmic Key is my ringtone. Well, yeah, it's cool, but yeah. it's been done. Don't, like, remake that movie. I know. If you're going to no. do He-Man... If anybody knows where there's a replica of the cos, like a working replica of the cosmic key that doesn't cost a million dollars, let me know, because I I might be willing to fork over a little bit for Does that. Does that go on your desk at work or your desk at home? I think it goes at home. Yeah. Because here I'm not going to enjoy it. Fair enough. Unless here I, I like walk in here after like a meeting or something like that, and I'm like, nope, nope. Put in some other coordinates. I got to go somewhere I else. Go, man. <laughs> Open the gateway. Go back to before the meetings. Wildor. Myself not to go. Wildor. Get over here. I need a master music maker. Native clothing. <laughs> we'll blend in. The car runs on neutrinos now. I was just in a meeting. What a hideous cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It tasted good. Um. Oh, great scene, by the way. Oh, yeah. You mean there's supposed okay. to be an animal, so are all Eternians vegetarian? Is Apparently, that what we're led to believe? but in the cartoon, they used to eat meat. I that's That whole scene always bothered me, yeah. except that it was hysterical, because her father's just like, hmm, mm-hmm. soldiers gotta eat. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a, there's an old podcast from like 12 years ago called Mastercast, and they were, they're like a He-Man podcast. They've only got like 60 episodes that they've done over the last 10 years, but um, they, they're a He-Man podcast, and they did in one of their... Uh, early episodes, they went through the one of the early drafts of the movie, oh, and cool. they read through. So, like some of the stuff where it talks about He Man's mom and all that, they read through that while they were talking about the movie, and they mentioned the same thing. They're like, "Wait a minute, I don't remember Eternians being vegetarians." And they actually, I was trying to remember if there was a case where, and I, I feel like I remember them eating meat in the cartoon. There was an episode that they mentioned where uh, Orko multiplied himself into multiple Orcos so that he could eat more of the drumsticks that were on the table. So unless those are like quinoa drumsticks or something, <laughs> which... And maybe it's just Tila who's the vegetarian. Could be. Gwildor too, I mean... Could be. Although Gwildor lives under the ground. Tila's, might, Tila's like the young teenager trying like to re- rebel from her guy. parents. Well, you that's know. true too. <laughs> you know, he could be like a little Yoda kind of guy that just, you know, boils stew and mm. lives in the swamp and, you know. Master... Okay, so okay. you open up the door to this. Dwayne, you gotta make the movie, buddy. <laughs> you gotta do it. It's, I'm, John is on his own path with this now. Oh, man. You open up the door when you said Yoda. So, yeah. Gwildor, is it their passing attempt at a Yoda-type figure? Like, is that what this is? Maybe. A, 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 a non-puppet, puppet little guy, kind of a, we need a yeah. mix of Yoda and R2-D2 to make this, like, a little softer. Yeah. I think so. Because yeah. Gwildor doesn't exist anywhere else. Gwildor is oh, no, a thing. Oh, yeah. no, There was a toy of Gwildor, though. Well, yeah, because yeah. Mattel, yes. Right. I mean, you got to merchandising. The search for more uh-huh. money. Um, that one comes up soon. <laughs> what are we, a few more months away? Oh, God, I can't uh-huh. wait. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, the whole Gwildor thing. Like, and I get it. He was lot. funny. As a kid, he was, he was funny. He yeah. was funny. He's just, kind of obnoxious now. I look back on it and where I Where is he, in terms of his obnoxiousness, where is he on the Jar Jar scale? Oh, well, Jar Jar... I mean, Jar Jar's... Zenith. Okay. Fat. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Well, he's better than Jar Jar, but worse than... I don't want to think about that for okay. a little bit. 
That's a tough one. Okay. He's better than Jar Jar. I'll give him that because he has purpose. Yeah. Like you can, and we've seen this. You can cut Jar Jar out of the movie and it doesn't change the movie. Mm-hmm. If he's cut out of the movie, it changes the movie because mm-hmm. he invented the MacGuffin that right. creates the whole problem. <clears throat> he invented the whole thing, apparently very secretive, but somehow when it all gets fried, he doesn't know music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I need the tones. Where mm-hmm. did you get them originally? Right. Crazy little thing. <laughs> His iPod. <laughs> right? Yeah. I left it in my cave. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, that was the one thing as I'm watching, I'm like, man. They couldn't have figured out how to just use characters they already had. <laughs> but then I started thinking back. I don't think this is the only movie made from a TV show where they did have to introduce new characters for the movie to make the plot work. I feel like even the newer G.I. Joe movies, they added some characters because they couldn't just mm-hmm. use everyone they had. Yeah. Granted, in newer movies, I feel like the new characters are added to kill them. Usually. Yes. Where in this case, Gildor wasn't there to die. Right. Because you couldn't go back and obviously kill someone from your main cast. Right. But they did that in this movie a few times. Like, I don't remember all of the mercenary guys. Oh, yeah, no, those were... Some of them, like Beastman was was there, Evil Lynn was there all all the whole time. Um, Blade might even have been. No, Blade was not from But the the weird guy with the long hair and the funky face, the short little... Karg Karg was Karg was a little short guy with the pointy ears and and the long hair. Uh, the lizard guy, Saurad. Yeah. He was not. Um, Who they did kill, so maybe he yeah, was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Blade was not in the original okay. He-Man thing either. The funny thing about Saurad was I remember, um, I didn't. I never knew why, I had the, the toy of all these. I didn't have Karg. I had Blade. Yeah, I had Blade and I had Saurad. And that might have been it for like the He-Man movie toys that I had. And I remember Saurad had this thing where... I don't know if it came out of his mouth or somewhere on his face or whatever it was, but it had one of those things. Remember back in the 80s, they would have some of those toys where you'd like flip the little switch mm-hmm. and it would spark? Sure. And like sparks would come out of their face or their mouth or whatever. I didn't realize this. I heard this on that Mastercast as well. They discontinued that because like things were catching on fire. <laughs> so they had to get rid of that. Apparently it was that and apparently awesome. it, was like a, it was like a Barbie skateboard or something that did the same thing. And so, like, things were catching on fire, so they had to discontinue the sparking toys. But I remember having several. Meaning to end fuego. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, several toys that sparked like that. But, yeah, yeah no, Saurad was a, um, he was brand new. I think all the mercenaries were brand new, except for Beastman. Okay. And supposedly, Karg and maybe Blade were not in the original script. Oh. They were, they were not there. And so all of the speaking parts that Karg had were done by Beastman. Which is funny because Beastman doesn't talk at all. Right. Well, and he had trouble talking with his teeth. Mm-hmm. I yeah. read that. Okay. They were, yeah, there yeah. were issues with the fake teeth. He could barely close his mouth. Yeah. Um, but you can tell some of that's overdubbed because there's some scenes where Karg's mouth doesn't move because mm-hmm. that mask is so weird. Right. And Blade has like two words, I think. And then Lizard Dude dies pretty mm-hmm. early. When it's all right. Let's talk about Blade for a second. Okay. Because I remember as a kid thinking, this is awesome. You got this guy with two swords. And he's going to fight He-Man, who's got the sword of Grayskull. Mm-hmm. This is going to be amazing. The last couple times I've watched this as an adult, it gets to the scene where he and He-Man, they're in like the junkyard area. <laughs> and he breaks out the swords. And this guy that just, I mean, he's so cool looking when you're a kid. And he's still kind of cool looking now. He breaks out the swords. And the, the, scent, the quote is, 
I've waited a long time for this. And I'm like, I, as a kid, I was like, I have two. And then as an adult, I'm sitting there kind of like a kid. It's like, I've waited a long time for this. I'm like, I have two. And then the sword fight's over in like, like five seconds. And I'm sitting there, as an adult, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? Like, did you, did you think you were going to be able to fight he-Man, you're not good at this. Like, did you have you trained? You're de- it's almost like from the Princess Bride. Right. Have you trained your entire life only to fail now? <laughs> I think that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the the irony, of course, <clears throat> behind all that is the guy playing Blade was the fight choreographer for right. the entire movie. Right. And ended up doubling Skeletor in the fight scenes. Right. But yeah, I, I can't decide if that's supposed to be anticlimactic because, <clears throat> I, I, wrong choice of words there, that's kind of my problem with Blade as a thing. If your main conflict is going to be the big ba- the big sword fight mm-hmm. between Skeletor and He-Man mm-hmm. at the end, why are you setting yourself up right. for a three-bladed sword fight right. at the 56-minute mark? Right. With some random schlub. Mm-hmm. Like, so he almost has to be terrible because you don't want to remember that sword fight. Mm-hmm. You want to see the big one at the end. Right. But yeah, it, it seemed like a and bad can you choice not, like, of... Can He-Man not ever get hurt? Because I feel like... If well, you're, until if you're gonna Skeletor do... captures him. Well, doesn't. I know. But I, I mean, I feel like if you were going to do that, we're like, let's have this guy Blade, who's supposed to be this amazing swordsman, let's actually have him inflict some damage on He-Man. Right and 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 like up the stakes a little bit in this sword. But isn't right? because the whole isn't the whole thing about the like at least in the TV show it was all about the power of the sword. Yeah. So once he, once Skeletor has his sword, yeah, then is when he finally gets hurt. Right. But I, I mean, I kind of feel like if you want to, oh, I, 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 I agree. I'm talking like just think, dramatic tension here. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's let's up the ante a little bit and let's have he man actually get hurt. Whole... Otherwise, I mean, you're kind of. As an adult, I'm watching it, and I know this movie is not for adults, but I'm, I'm watching it, I'm like, I, I know I've seen this before, but I also know, based on how things are playing out here, none of the main characters are going to get hurt. No. There's, there's no danger at all that they're ever going to get hurt. Courtney Cox they're not gonna dinged die. up a little bit. She, all right, she gets her leg messed up, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I'm like, other than that, nobody's, nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's in any danger here, Mm-mm. so... Um, all right, so we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. Um, we already talked a little bit about Lubick. Yeah, we favorite, did. Favorite detective ever. My ever. guy! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody takes pot shots. Um, you think this thing's Russian? Um, it's, it's either Japanese or Russian. I know, it's, I know, and, it, like, I, I know they had to, like, make it be something, but... A synthesizer? A synthesizer, yeah. What what self-respecting musician would have ever assumed that looked like a synthesizer? Charlie. Because <laughs> it made music? Because it made a note? Like Sure. It, I, I don't know what I would have <laughs> called it, but I ain't going to call not, it not a synthesizer. synthesizer. So, all right. So let's, let's jump ahead just a little bit to the end of the movie. End of the movie, you get to this final battle between He-Man and Skeletor. Um, what do I want to say about it? I remember as a kid when it got down to the it got down to the point where He Man was captured, Skeletor had his sword, and Skeletor like times up. They didn't get there in time. 
until Skeletor is now getting all these he godlike powers. Turns in his skull face for a gold mask and right. a scepter and the whole deal, yeah. I want to stop there for a second. Yeah. The heck is going on with that gold mask? Yeah. I mean, just because you it's, have the powers of a god, yeah. you now are going to put like a giant totem pole on your head? Well, it was... I know what they're trying to symbolize. All right, so tell me what they're trying to symbolize. not done well. He makes some... Some alpha and omega comments, death and rebirth yeah. and all that stuff. And so what you're seeing there is from death, his old white moonlit face yeah. is now transformed into a sun. Because that's what that was with all the pointy stuff. Right, right, and right, 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 right. So it's showing that rebirth. It was just so over the top and bad, like... Couldn't you have just put his face back on? Well, like, I mean, he's got this like, giant, top-heavy oh, yeah. well, helmet thing. God, make him, make him look like the Jimmy Dean sausage son ah, or something. Ah, that's good. <laughs> it's like do some little points around his head. That's but, good. I don't know. Even that's as a kid, good. I remember thinking, that's an awkward helmet. Like, well, that's not supposed to be a helmet. Why it's a crown. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying that's what it is. It's uh-huh. a crown. It's not supposed to be a helmet. The uh-huh. fact that he leaves it on to fight is his own damn fault. Uh-huh. Okay. But I'm convinced that's because he doesn't want anyone to see that underneath he's still this withered old skeleton. Because okay. he didn't actually fix his face. It okay. just put a thing up. Okay. What I'd like to know is why he gets all this fancy gold stuff mm-hmm. and the sorceress was just in a white dress before she lost all her power. Like, yeah. where was her gold stuff? She's not into the bling. Apparently. Yeah, he's, Skeletor's all about the bling. Oh, yeah. He's all about the he's, bling. He's like a intergalactic Mr. T. <laughs> so okay so we get down to the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor and you know awkward giant gold Man. helmet aside um, oh which now that I think about it hmm I gotta go back and look at a picture the helmet that he's wearing the big gold thing yeah. might look like the opening shot of Castle Grayskull I think it does because I think it also mirrors whatever yeah. the sorceress is wearing alright maybe that's well, see, her thing was a whole bunch of crystals around her head. She like had yeah, the, but it, it had the she same like had the, the like Kryptonian headdress going on That's with her true. thing. Her actually thing would have been better if they had just taken that and make it gold and give it to Skeletor. Yes, they could have done that. And I think that's what they tried to do. They could have done that. You know what? That would have been better than the giant awkward golden helmet. Is have him all of a sudden show up with her clothes on, a white dress and a and a crystally pointy head thing. Yes, <laughs> and he he gets all the power and he's like now. I am the sorceress. I just, I look wonderful. Okay. Yeah. It just, there's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. And the red jewel. And I the love the fact that his staff still has, like, the ram's head on it. Uh-huh. Just like from the cartoon. Yep. That's that's perfect. I, that whole golden thing, I don't know. Not a fan. Hmm. I, I, yeah. I kind of wish that. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, that just looks weird. All right, so final battle. Let's, let's, let's do final battle here. So this final climactic battle, which I don't know if it's from the choreography or what, but we end up getting a, uh, we end up getting a, a lightsaber battle on par with the Obi-Wan, Dooku, uh, Anakin battle from Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. It's not that similar. No, but it's definitely trying okay. to. Uh... Yeah. 
But before we go too much farther, because I just searched for Castle Grayskull yeah. images, what'd, what'd you find? The second thing from May, this is from May twenty third, twenty sixteen. Okay, is the Masters of the Universe Castle Grayskull Minecraft project? Say what? I expect you to sick your children on this. I will. <laughs> so you know. Okay. <laughs> John, if you're listening to this at school, then. Start working on it. Get Castle, on Castle Grayskull in Minecraft. Go for it. Go. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, I keep derailing. No, no, no. That's, are you kidding? That This entire podcast is all about derailing from whatever it is we're supposed to be talking about. Um, okay, so final battle. Final battle. Skeletor's got all this, like, powers of the cosmos. Uh-huh. Okay? And we end up with, like, the lightsaber battle from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It's in a dark room. You just see some flashes of light, and, and that's what we're going to have. Which, by yeah. the way, worst lightsaber fight ever. Mm-hmm. Um, followed up with the Yoda Dooku fight, which is fine. That's awesome. But right. you know, the first part of that. Because every time Yoda gets to do a spin move, I am in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get to this final battle with Skeletor and He Man, and and it, you know it's, eh. Um, and he has all these cosmic powers, and yet somehow with all these amazing cosmic powers that are supposed to make him a god. All He-Man's got to do is bring the sword down on his staff, and, and he's done for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, you crack a guy's staff in half, you know, that's going to take some power out of him. But Yes. Um, it's going to take him out of the game for a little bit. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it's classic, classic bad storytelling. It's, right. But you have to have some way of removing the power, so what yeah. is that? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Staff is the easiest... Because isn't the staff where all of his power comes from to begin with? Isn't that like his thing? Yeah, I don't know. Does I didn't think I didn't think his oh, I didn't think his staff was like He Man's sword. Well, but I think that's the whole premise in this whole universe is there's these totems, yeah. which is which is where all the power comes from. Yeah. The castle is a totem. The the staff is a totem. The, yeah. The sword is a totem. The key. Yeah, maybe is it, so. Is a totem for whatever reason. They could have see that what they could have done is they could have used the key to like open up a gateway and he man like drop kicked him into the gateway. Well, what's and that could have got rid of him. Which brings up the point I was gonna make when we got closer to the end. Yeah. So they go to all this trouble. Yeah. To send these people, to send the girl back in time. Like there was obviously some conversation mm-hmm. between the boyfriend and Gwildor about you know her parents and whatnot. Mm-hmm. First of all, the boyfriend never acknowledge, they never acknowledged that that's what the boyfriend did. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Why not just go back a couple of minutes earlier before Skeletor got the powers to begin with? Shh. Like, I'm just... Don't. Because now you're messing with time travel. Well, what you did. The only reason not to do that. Yeah, we ta- is if we start talking time it, travel, we're going to get back to the whole thing about Sam Beckett being the villain in Quantum Leap. Well, that's true. Okay. And then, that's, and then that was a conversation you know, a few weeks ago. And then ago. we're slackers. Don't mm-hmm. forget mm-hmm. Strickland. Mm-hmm. The only reason not to do that is obviously you've now gone back to a point where not where Evelyn hasn't fled with the rest of the troops, so you have to mm. win the battle all over again. But I don't know. Yeah. They make a big deal about the fact that this thing can do time travel, yet through the whole movie, Duncan is saying 0.4 metrons to moonrise. Mm-hmm. Why does time matter? 
because we don't have a master songwriter. But we do! <laughs> Did we know that when we... No, but once we know... Gwildor and, and What's-His-Face are redoing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I get it if at that point you can't come do the computations necessary for time travel. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about the salinity in the water and all that stuff. You're right, you're right. Because you're doing it with a Casio. Some guys that I have $2 <laughs> and a Casio. <laughs> like... <laughs> so I get it at that point. Planes, trains, and cosmic keys. Let's make that one. Yes! <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. Planes, trains, and cosmic keys. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock. A He-Man adventure. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson as He-Man mm -hmm. and... Uh... Yeah, He-Man and G.I. Joe are going to race each other in hot air balloons. <laughs> and they're going to turn into diamond smugglers. Cool. And sing songs. There you go. With snakes. I don't even know. Yeah, that, 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 snakes, that went too far. Snakes on the plane. <laughs> With snakes on the plane, you'll yes. do that too. Yeah, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson be Skeletor. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. Although Sam Jackson. Hey man! Sam Jackson in Whiteface? Is that yeah. offensive somehow? Well, it's a skeleton. Everybody has a skeleton. Everybody's skeleton is the same color. There you go. There we go. Diversity gold mat. That's right. Boom. 30 something podcast. We did it here. <laughs> <laughs> so we solved all the world's problems. I get. You're using a Casio. Without a cosmic key. There you go. You're using a Casio keyboard to uh -huh. translate the cosmic key. I get maybe you can't compute the time travel there, but you sure yeah. can later. Like. More importantly, hmm. more importantly, who's this woman that's with Lubick now? <laughs> yes, that was on my list too. I, forget I got the, the love forget of the beautiful time, woman. Forget the time paradox. He's like, I got the love of a beautiful one. Really? Because on Earth. They call that something different. <laughs> when, when you've been there five minutes and all of a sudden a woman's just there on your arm? No. Well, it looked like more than five minutes. I mean, everyone was all cleaned up and the sorceress was reinstated. All right, I, I give him 20 minutes then. I mean, he was a hero. He did take out some of those robot trooper guys. That's true. I mean, when he but, got up with that now, shotgun, because now this pod shots at But Lubitz. now this woman, this random woman loves him? Did Is that, that how it works on Eternia? Well, she seemed maybe... What's the word I would like to use for her? I'm not sure if I should be using courtesan or concubine, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking... Available. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's a good Royally one. available. Yeah, this, this, the sorceress probably has handmaidens. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe she was Possibly. a gift. This could be like 300. And why is you've he got, seated? You've got priestesses like that. And why is he seated at the left hand of the of the sorceress? Like, what has he he's, done? He's Lubick. He's up on the thing, man. Yeah, he's Lubick. That's some <laughs> Lubick, shit. King of Eternia. Right? <laughs> Did, uh -huh. You know, is, is, is she like the, the prize, but he's technically married to the sorceress? Like, what's going on up there? I don't know. That whole thing was weird. This is why we Does needed... Does that mean Man-at-Arms now takes orders from him? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. That won't sit well. Well, that's why we needed a He-Man 2 that we never got. Right? Mm -hmm. To explain all of this. Like, what happened mm -hmm. to Lubick? Yeah. And who's angrier, Lubick or Strickland? Like, just in general. Hmm. Strickland. Okay. There are a few times I think Lubick smiles. It's true. Well, I don't think Strickland ever I smiles. I see. I thought you were going with the high school administrator. Must be. Angry. Oh well, there's that too. <laughs> there's there's that too. There's just like an innate anger. That... Well, because a high school principal doesn't get to every once in a while fire a gun. Well, that's At least true. Lubick gets to. I unless yeah. it's Back to the Future too. Mm. And he's got the shotgun. This is true. But he's not an administrator anymore. He well, he was. He was. So fair yeah. enough. Yeah. 
And when he's the uh, when he's the sheriff in yeah. Back to the Future Three. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Just slackers. If you give him an inch. Um, okay. So then this and this movie, because I would have seen this one before I saw Ferris Bueller. This movie was my, was my first experience of missing out on an end credit sequence. Oh, okay. Because I remember I only went to go see this in the theater sure. once as a kid, and I remember friends telling me. Did you see what happened after all the things, all the words were off the screen? I was like, Whoa, what do you what mean? Do you like mean? that? What you, no, this, the movie was over. And they're like, no, uh-uh. No, uh, he was there. He did, Skeletor. I'm like, what? What, what you talking about, Will? <laughs> it's like, huh? So then I think like when I finally got the movie on VHS... Then I was like, I don't even think I watched the movie. I think I just like hit fast sure, forward and like fast forwarded all the way to the. I'm like, what is it? And I fast forwarded. I'll be back. And that whole thing. And I'm like, there's gonna be a He-Man two. It's gonna be a He-Man two. And I waited for He-Man two. And I waited. And then in the meantime, I got all excited for Beetlejuice two. And then I waited for He-Man two and Beetlejuice two. Yeah. And I waited some more. And then you waited for Spaceballs to search for more. Then money. I waited for Spaceballs to search for more money because. That was going to come out too. Yeah, yeah it didn't uh, it didn't materialize. No, quite so much. No, so uh, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, was and you you research you do much more research than I do for these things. Was that the first? Like, was was this the first? First, like end credit sequence, like or uh, post credits. Post credit sequence that promised a second movie because I think there's been other post credit sequences before this. But was it the first one? Well, Ferris Bueller. I mean, Ferris Bueller had the right. end credit sequence. And, That's what I mean. Like, um, is this the first one that was like, the guy you thought was dead? Ha 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 yeah. ha 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 ha. And then, by extension, does this make it the first superhero movie to have an end credit sequence? Which that's a genre that end credit sequences has become. Well, mm-hmm. ubiquitous like, now. I if mean, you don't have if one, if you don't have one, everyone's wrong. like, "Come on." Hmm. I'm just. I was. I watched it. I'm like, you know, '87. That's early. Yeah, I mean, you had the Ferris Bueller sequence, but you know what I mean. Like, at the end, all self-contained, right. all by itself, all but promising a sequel because the bad guy's not so dead. Mm-hmm. Um. Because James Bond would do weird stuff, but I don't think it was ever actually after the credits. Right. Well, and they would always say, like, at the end of the credits, that James Bond will return. Right, in whatever the next movie Honor is, because they were Secret already making the next yeah. movie. Yeah, so that's that's different. Um, well, tr- trusty old uh, Wikipedia here. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it says, and they, I, I can already tell they're leaving some stuff out here, because I don't think they mention Masters of the Universe. Um, they say the 1903 silent film, The Great Train Robbery, ends with the leader of the outlaw band taking aim and firing point blank at the audience after having been killed in the previous scene. Mm. One of the earliest appearances of a post credit scene in a modern mainstream film was in the Muppet movie in 1979, and such use of scenes gained popularity through the 1980s at the end of comedy films. In 1980, Airplane ended with a callback to an abandoned taxicab passenger who was not a primary character and who had not oh, been shown since the film's yeah. first scene. Um, that's right. There yeah. were some comedy, but again, I think that still makes our thought valid. Those were comedy callbacks. This is, this callbacks. is the first like, action sci-fi movie. Well, and it, the first one a... promising a sequel, like the one in yeah. Airplane, it's just a funny. It's little, just a funny thing, and, and Ferris Bueller was just a funny thing. There's and, this guy who's been in this game, or how about Summer right. School? 
Yeah. The the scene with the guy from the well, I guess that's 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 early. Never mind. That's before the test. Is that before? He comes back with the pass. Oh he yeah. Takes his test. Where have you been? Yeah. Was in the bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> Door was locked. Okay. <laughs> um, that's right. That was before yeah. the end. But I mean, there's. They said '80s comedies, and they're right. There yeah. were some tags, mm-hmm. some comedy tags at the end, or some uh, uh, buttons, mm-hmm. buttons at the end of the movie. Yeah. But I'm thinking like open ended. Oh my God! Why did they do that? What's happening? Kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see anything in here where they talk about like other yeah. sci-fi movies. That's an and... interesting one. I'll have to dig into that, like yeah. from alternative ways, because mm-hmm. it's it's a real specific theme. But you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Like none of those comedy movies were promising a sequel by right. doing it. Right. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right, well, before we wrap up, um, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Oh, wow. First of all, love this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, what is it? It's a, lo- it's a long chunk, but the whole... That's gl- Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Gwildor chicken thing. When he shoots the grappling hook, he gets the oh, chicken. Yeah, he gets the ribs. I was going to share. Oh yeah, yeah. ribs. I was going I to was share. I was going to share. I was going to share. It just—it's so. It tasted funny. good, <laughs> right? And then Gwildor is like, he's a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that—that that might be. There's there's a lot of good stuff, but that. Mm-hmm. Potshots at Lubick, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the visual of the half of the car yeah, that in part. Castle Grayskull. I mean, that's yeah. good. I think that whole scene, as, as much as I kind of make fun of that last final battle and everything, yeah. I think that whole scene from like the moment they get into, once they teleport into Castle Grayskull and, uh, you, know, you know, Gwildor is just there screaming. Like, you're trying to keep it low profile, but you've teleported in half a car and part of the street and, you know, and Gwildor is there screaming, <laughs> We made it! We made it! <laughs> Shut up, Wilder. You're getting shot at, buddy. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> you're this amazing inventor, but you're so stupid. Come <laughs> as a box of rocks, man. Uh, yeah. So I, that whole part, I, I do like that whole part. Um, I think probably like one of my one of my favorite fight scenes is some of that final battle, but I think that whole junkyard part, like yeah. after after she's escaped from the school. And they're in that junkyard kind of area, and He-Man's fighting with the Stormtrooper knockoffs. And, uh, you know, Blade, who this moment he's been waiting for his entire life that ends in, like, four seconds. Um, you know, that part, I, th- I think that part's kind of fun. Um, the uh, the whole thing in the music shop, where they're just, like, tearing stuff up and things are exploding all over the place. What was funny about that one is I was watching this with John and Nora, and they'd never seen this movie before. Oh, John must have loved it. Oh, he loved it. Oh, they both did. They thought it was great. Oh. And so they had never seen this before, so they were watching it with me. And um, it gets to the part where they're in the music store, and Julie, Courtney Cox, goes out back because she sees her mom. Right. And, and Nora's like, her mom was hiding the whole time. Her mom's okay. And I'm just sitting there like, don't, uh-uh, don't, don't say don't a thing. Nice. Don't spoil it for the kids. And so, <laughs> and so and I think Nora was like sitting on my lap, and, and so we're watching this part, and and all of a sudden, she does the whole thing where, like, she pulls her in to give her a hug and says, thank you, my darling. And then it's, she looks back and it's Evelyn. And Nora turned to me and she's like, that's not right. Ooh, she's evil. And I'm like, 
that's her name. Like that yes. literally is why Evelyn. Like they Thank didn't call. You. She's not Goodlin. No. So it's like. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Like you, you, mouths, you got it, kiddo. Yes. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, funny story. My grandmother's name is Evelyn. You're not even messing. I'm with me not right even now. messing with you right now. Is this a Missouri thing? No. Or? Spelled wrong on the birth certificate. Her name is Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> but they spelled that it wrong. Is they spelled it with an I on the birth certificate. Wow. And so, like, I'm like, oh, so all the times I got in trouble, that explains it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so my grandmother's actual birth, birth name. certificate name is Evelyn. What is it saying her driver's license at this? Or what did it, like, I don't know. Uh, probably Evelyn. Okay. Yeah. So she did at some point have that fixed? Or? I don't know. No, I think on her birth certificate it still says Evelyn. That's outstanding. But I think on everything else, like, you know, social security card and yeah. everything else, it's Evelyn. But yeah, legal. I don't know if legally, but birth certificate, sure. Evelyn. Evelyn. That is awesome. Evelyn is my grandmother. You you should you should get yourself I am a from copy e- of I am that from birth certificate Eternia. and frame that. I am from Eternia. Because that's good. Apparently I'm, I'm a bad guy, but, you know. Mm. We all have our that's okay. crosses to bear. That's that's all right. I'll do what I can. I'm the uh, I'm the short, squat little guy that would like ram into people's head. There you go. What, what was his name? Was it Big Boy? That's not Big Boy. That's pig the Burger boy. Place. Pig Boy. No, that's not. Now you're gonna make me look it up. They had a Pig Boy character. You know was the, it really? You know the story behind the Pig Boy character? No. The guy playing Pig Boy won a contest. There was, was it a Ram con- Ram Man or something. Oh. Let me look it up. He wasn't in the movie. Oh yeah, right? it's Ram Man. Okay. You know, for a really original yeah. name. Right. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I ram into things. Ram things. Yeah, okay, a, well, let's call you Ram Man. There was a character of Pig Boy in the movies, and the guy playing Pig Boy was was uh, some contest winner through Mattel, I think. Really? Yeah. It's not often, ladies and gentlemen, I get to scoop John I, on a random bit of trivia from a movie we're doing. How is so. it? I'm gonna go ahead. Pig and, boy. I'm gonna go ahead and enjoy this right now because that's fun. Pig boy. Do I have to look this up? For I'm you? looking it up. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. Q and A with Richard Zbonder. Yeah, Pig boy. Guy. Masters of the universe. He, he won what a contest. The heck, a small part in the film. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Pig boy. I, like he's in there for like two seconds. Oh yeah, he won a contest. He was okay. just there to be there, but you know. I remember because this is, I feel like this is the first time I ever remember seeing that little guy um, as he walks up to Skeletor as he's standing there. Mm-hmm. And I, like, yeah, okay, because other times that I watched it, I, like, I totally missed that well, he was and there. They, and they may cut that little couple seconds mm-hmm. out for TV if it's ever on TV because, you know, okay. they're always looking for seconds to right. shave off right. here and there. And it's not like you could cut we up to that one. <laughs> okay. Huh. Yeah, no, you got me on that one. Blind squirrel finds okay. a nut once in a while. No, you know. Broken, broken clocks right twice a day. You know the usual stuff. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I want to enter a That's contest cool. and get on a movie set. I do too. I mean, I've been on a movie set, but it wasn't through a oh, contest. Not as cool just, as you, apparently. I know. Well, I'm a celebrity. That's right. Basically. They didn't pick me though, because then when they wanted, it was for The Dark Knight. Uh, and Dennis and I were there for it. And then, of course, when they're like, yeah, we need some people that we can digitally scan so we can make a digital crowd for this. We need people that are between, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, yay! They're like, we need people that are between five foot nine, ah, oh, man, <laughs> and six foot two. Dennis is like, oh, okay, that's probably me. 
Uh, they yeah. didn't take him either, I don't think. But I was like, as soon as they yeah, we need people that are like between 5'10 and... <laughs> Scottish jeans. <sighs> I'm a short 5'10. <laughs> I can stand on my tiptoes. Can I? Put me on Dennis's shoulders. It'll yeah, be there fine. we go. <laughs> You're trying to tell me there's no short people in Gotham City? That's discriminatory. I'm going to talk to the commissioner. I can play Robin. <laughs> Give me some tights. No. Sure. I came in green tights. Hold on. Absolutely <laughs> it's not. Like, it's like the Lego movie. I can just tear off my pants and the tights are already there ready to go. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. We've talked a lot about tearing clothes off. This we episode, have I feel a little awkward about that. Lego However, Masters of the Universe, <sighs> voice you, uh, by our team of The Rock and Vin Diesel. I need a moment. And Will I'm getting, Arnett, I'm getting, I'm getting a little verklempt. <laughs> Will Arnett as the voice of Gwildor. No, <sighs> that might be going a little too. That's far. that might be a little bit too far. For me. You were on a roll there for a little bit. You know, blind scroll thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> huh. I like it. Maybe Vin plays Duncan so that Sam Jackson can voice Skeletor. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Or, no, 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 no. Vin is back as Skeletor. Okay. If, this now means we're not making a new He-Man movie. We're recasting this movie. Okay. Sam Jackson as the 2017 version of Lubick. Oh, that's perfect. That's it right mm -hmm. there. No one takes pot shots at Lubick. Are you trying to take a pot shot at Lubick? <laughs> oh, God. My name yeah. is Detective Lubick. I'm a race car in the red. <laughs> I'm the guns of the Navarone. <laughs> and by extension... Mm -hmm. If you redid Back to the Future, Sam Jackson as Strickland. No. The problem is Strickland could never be a 1950s school administrator. No. So you gotta figure no. something else out there. But <laughs> huh. Sam Jackson as Lubick, that could be good. See, see him at the end, the love of a beautiful yeah. woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and another beautiful woman. And another beautiful one. It's like a whole line. Yep. Why would I go home? I love Eternia, man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Okay, we need our own movie studio. Yeah, and a Let's lot of money. And a lot of money. Where can we get a lot of money at this time of night? Yeah. Holy <laughs> You pondering man. what I'm pondering, bro? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, I like these ideas. Okay. If anybody's listening that has anything to do with like the rights to He-Man and knows any of the people we just listed, make that happen. Let us know because we would gladly wow. sit down and write this movie. Dennis is always wanting to write a screenplay. It's true. As soon as I have free time, I'd love to do the same. Um, you know, Bo is Bo's the idea man here, so he's going to give us all the. He's going. You're the casting director. There you go. I put you in, car, in charge of casting. Uh, uh, Pat, you can be like the I don't know the the motivational guy. Oh no, Pat's your. That's your uh, gopher. No, he's your location scout and your uh, oh, yeah. and your uh, uh, your gadget guy. He's gonna go out and figure out what kind okay. of fancy car should be in the movie. Like you oh, gotta I, soup up a car got, at some point. Your you. pets, your you. transportation guy. He's Jeff your, can be our uh, Jeff can be our director. 
Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, I, well, he's he's almost done directing the play. I think he probably wants a little bit of a break, but well, you, you know, know, second unit director. There you go. There we go. I don't think they do anything. Sam Jackson. I think yeah. he'd. Uh, I think he powers through. Oh, he'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be fine. Um, <clears throat> who do we get to direct this? At one point in time, they in 2007, they were talking about doing a remake directed by John Woo. Oh, God. I want to see He-Man, f- like, diving in slow motion, holding a gun sideways and the sword in one hand with doves flying around in the background. Oh, you know who I was just picturing? What? Michael Bay. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> as much as I think Michael Bay is secretly a five-year-old in a, in a like, robotic adult suit, I think Michael Bay might be perfect for this. It would certainly, uh... Can we get Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer to uh, to work together on this? And wow, can we can we do that? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we could do that. I think we could. Michael Giacchino can do the music. Okay. Because he's 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 rocking it out with yeah. uh, all the Star Wars and Jurassic Park and and all that. So I like it. I I think this is done. I think we've done good work here today. We have. We have. This I think is... uh, I think we're good. I think we, we learned that personal day to watch He-Man I think cartoons. We okay, so personal day. So all of our bosses, we're not coming in tomorrow. Nope. Uh, we're going to be watching cartoons on YouTube. I mean, I could actually do that tomorrow. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Not feeling so good. Um, all right. Well, so that's going to do. That's probably going to do it for Masters. Of the, we could probably just talk about this for the rest yeah, of the night. By the power of Grayskull. Um, <clears throat> by the power of. I will tell you the one thing I remember about seeing that movie in the theater is. I'm not going to say the word because this is a family-friendly podcast, but when he pulls that sword out, lifts it up in the air, and I was a seven-year-old in that movie theater with a whole bunch of other small children mm-hmm. in that movie theater, he pulls that sword out, lifts it up, and does the whole by the power of Skull, I have the power mm-hmm. thing. There were kids that lost their you-know-what oh, in that movie theater. I probably did, too. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> sure I probably did, too. And I, I mean, I vividly remember that. That is like kids were going nuts. Well, sure. The moment that's that the happened, mo- that's what you've been waiting for, right? All day. Like, what would what, what would make it funny in the in the Dwayne the Rock Johnson version mm-hmm. is if he starts to do that and stops a whole bunch of times in the movie. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, right. He's like, by the pa- oh wait, hold on just a second. I'm busy. <laughs> I gotta stuff. put this down just a second. <laughs> okay, <laughs> stuff, to, stuff, things to do. Right. Ten minutes later. By the power... Oh, wait, hold on. Damn what was that? that? No? Okay. All right. Or it ends up being like uh, Army of Darkness. <laughs> like where he, he can't remember the words. <laughs> By the power... Of- <laughs> I have the grayskull. <clears throat> I said it. No. I said it. <laughs> I said it. I said the words. <laughs> it wasn't no flashy stuff, but I said the words. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, Masters of the Universe. Um, if you have any other feedback on Masters of the Universe that you would like to share with us, feel free to uh, give us a call on the Love Line, uh, as Pat uh, affectionately calls it, uh, our voicemail line. And uh, you can leave some stuff there. It is 87235-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. Um, you called in. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. So feel free to call in if you want. We will feature uh, your uh, feedback here on the air. And uh, you can also reach us by going, all of these are uh, three zero podcasts. So we've got uh, 30 podcast at gmail.com. We are on all the different social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Our website is 30podcast.com. Uh, you can also listen to us on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes, and you can just listen directly through 30podcast.com. Um, I will give a shout out really, really quickly to, and I've, I've 
have actually misplaced the list, so I do not have all their names in front of me. Um, there were three artists in particular at C2E2 that I got some great sketches from. I normally don't do sketches, but I wanted to start a collection of Rocketeer sketches, and actually these guys loved it. Like, I asked each one of them, I'm like, can I, um, can I get a sketch of the Rocketeer? And every single one of them was like, Rocket, Rocketeer. I've never done the Rocketeer. I would love to do the Rocketeer. Like, because people are asking them all the time to, like, do Joker. Sure, yeah. And Batman and, well, a zombie or something. So these guys were, like, these were these guys were stoked to do Rocketeer. Yes. And one of the guys was like, you know what? Actually, I've got, like, three or four other ones ahead of you that I'm supposed to work on. If you come back in 45 minutes, I'll be done. I'm like, I, I said, no, I'm, I'm not, like, trying to jump the queue or anything. He's like, no, 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 I want to do the Rocketeer. You come back in 45 minutes, and it will be done. Okay, that's I cool. So, so I have some really cool Rocketeer sketches, right and uh, I am going to absolutely mess up their names uh, if I try to say them. One was Ken Kirkler. I think I got the name right. Another one was John Michael Lennon, uh, and the other one I think was uh, David Jordan was the third one. So i got to double-check those to make sure, but I'm pretty sure those are the names. So thank you guys. Those are amazing sketches. I don't know that you're listening, but uh, I will give you a shout-out anyway. Uh, each of those guys, um, they have a website. I don't have the address with me right now, but I will post it up on Twitter at some point. Um, I think I actually put a picture up of the sketches on Twitter, so you can check it out there too. But uh, in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next week for Dennis's personal favorite, uh, and my college nickname, Some Kind of Wonderful. Was it, what are you laughing at? Nothing. You nothing didn't even go to college with me. I didn't. You knew me in high school. I did. I got that nickname after high school. Uh-huh. And who uh, Shut up. gave you this nickname? I, I did. Yeah, that's kind of what I was checking. Anyway, be excellent <laughs> to each other and go see some good movies. Um, bye. Okay, some kind of wonderful next week. See you guys later. <laughs> bye. Shut up, Bo. Nope. Uh-huh. All right, see you guys later. Oh, my God.